0: Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very interesting show here today. today. Let's broaden our minds. I want a cheeseburger. I want a milkshake. I want table tater- sh- and
1: entertainment. You like it? There is an academic type of word I can apply. Verisimilitude.
2: Holy moly!
0: This is Let's Talk Arts and Entertainment. News Talk ninety four point seven and nine seventy W M A Y. Got a great show for you today the next the latest edition of way out Wednesday on a Saturday of course then bottom of the bargain bin reviews with John Carter of Mars then a little later Brandon Austin and a little bit of his music but first here is part of my interview with Julie Staley tell me and everybody listening or watching um, you have been in this area for a while and you've done a, a, a whole a bunch of different things all over so tell me how you got uh, your start mainly. I guess mainly right now in um, in theater here in Springfield, and then also you've done, as myself, you've done a lot of media, so just uh, just tell me a little bit about what's, how you got um, started. I,
1: I, got, I actually started theater in Springfield after I, uh, I retired from uh, TV news. I had, uh, had uh, one of my kiddos, and uh, retired from TV news, and I had another kiddo, and uh, um, and I got uh, got involved with the Hogland and uh, uh, Gus Gordon, of course. And I had worked uh, at the TV station for many many years together, anchoring uh, all kinds of uh, news shows there. So uh, he knew me from there, and knew I had a background in theater. Uh, that was my minor in college. My major was radio and television. And Mine I had too. I have math- a master's, and in- so yeah. See. Yeah. Same. Uh, same had, uh, major
0: minor
1: kindred spirits Mm -hmm. and uh uh so um i i then i had a master's degree in in broadcasting so i uh had you know after i had gone through television and and kind of closed that part of of my life in, in the news department uh, there was that opportunity to start performing again, uh, cause it's very difficult to do that when you're trying to work as a news anchor. So, uh, yeah. so that opened up the doors. And so it's, uh, it's been 12, about 12 years or so that I've been in Springfield and I've done other things, you know, of course, since, since before that. So, uh, so it kind of had a big gap in there, but, uh, But so I've been doing, yeah, doing some things um, uh, for the last uh, many, many years uh, here in Springfield and at Hogland, at uh, Muni, at Theater in the Park, at Playhouse on the Square. Uh, So I really feel like I've really been fortunate to be able to experience all of the different facets of uh, uh, theater here in Springfield. I grew up in uh, Southern Illinois, near St. Louis, near Belleville, and. I didn't have this opportunity like everybody does here in Springfield to do theater as, as a kid. We didn't have, you know, the Muni, uh, like we do here. Uh, we, there's a Muni in St. Louis, but it's completely different. And, uh, uh, we didn't have community theater like we, like we do here. We have so many options and so many opportunities for kids. There's so many kids programs. And, uh, uh, so I really, really think that we have such a thriving theater community it's just a very very rich community uh that gives everybody an opportunity to to do something and, and to grow as, as you need so i feel really grateful to be a uh, part of, uh, of this community here in theater
0: yes absolutely me too and always do a wonderful job whether you're doing you <laughs> you do both on stage and off stage um and get a little bit into um your theater company, which you recently started, and some of the shows you've been uh, doing and planning with that. But I, I do want to go back a little bit to um, where where you got your where you got started with your love with uh, doing news. Um, I mean, you told me obviously you did uh, news in college, a degree in it, and everything. But uh, where did you uh, go? Did Did you go to different stations? Did you go all around? Did you start?
1: Uh, yeah. yeah. Um that's that's really the only way to really move up the ladder in that industry uh you know there you get to sometimes you get to a certain point point and you can you know plateau and stay there and decide to stay in that market um uh you know when you get to a certain level but you know moving moving up the ladder promoting yourself uh you have to move around move to different stations different cities and different towns and go to all those small stations and uh Uh, I was always the kind of gal that uh, wanted to be close to my family, so that was really hard for me to uh, move around like that. I mean, there was some excitement in that, and I lived in some really uh, fun places and have some great memories in some really great cities. Uh, but I ultimately really didn't like all that moving around and that uh, that was that was you know that was kind of hard uh, for me wanting to be connected with my family and uh, uh, so so I, uh, yeah I, I started my first job in television I was gosh 17 or 18 because I was 17 when I went away to college and I started volunteering at 17 at the radio station down at WSIU and yep. uh, I, I turned 18 that year and so I guess I was 18 when I actually, uh, I may have even been 17 when I actually was on the air uh, my first semester, uh, my first fall semester as a freshman. I was actually there in the summer, but in the fall, uh, I made the auditions for uh, New Talent at the news station and I was on the air and anchoring the news. And uh, uh, so that was really my first big, big opportunity there. I I traveled around a lot with my dad. uh, Did a lot of TV stations, uh, both both national networks and local stations. He had a lot of friends uh, at a lot of radio and television stations all over the place, and so it always, you know, TV station always felt a very comfortable place for me. Uh, almost like I kind of knew I would eventually work and I just felt very comfortable there uh, like at, at home so to speak and and I had the same feeling with theater it just was a very comfortable place for me uh, so um, both of them uh, just didn't seem like much of a jump to get to and it just seemed like I was I was, I was around it a lot and uh, uh, so I yeah I've been doing TV since I was 17, 18 years old and uh now i'm uh well i'm 50, 52 so uh there's the math <laughs> uh but you know since i quit uh working at the tv station um i've been able to do television uh uh, uh, uh commercials and special tv programs uh things like that uh so i've really been able to kind of uh keep my talent uh honed i guess in television while also doing theater so i've really been fortunate to be able to be in a community that just be able to provide that for me
0: yeah the talking about doing a special tv program you you are working on something right now or it's uh pretty close to uh being i'm not exactly sure the fields of gold what's uh, what's going on with that
1: that is part of our film company. I have a theater company and a film company right now. I just started both of them. The theater company is a nonprofit, and the film company is an LLC. And we're producing a documentary right now. as uh, one of our films, and that's the one called Fields of Gold. We also have a short film called The Lie that we're producing as well. Um, And so we're doing both of them uh, at the same time. And uh, the documentary, Fields of Gold, is a a story about the life of A.E. Staley. And uh, this is the man that, of course, started the A.E. Staley Manufacturing Company, uh, which he was the the, the king of soybeans and uh, introduced uh, America and, and, and much of the world to uh, all of the uses that uh, soybeans have. There's so many, many uses for them and uh, kind of came up with the whole way of uh, uh, how to process them and market them and so on. So he was the guy for all of that and of course did corn processing uh, as well on top of it. And that was also the company that was the the was the owner of the original football team that eventually became the Chicago Bears. So there's a lot of athletic history there because not only did the team have a football or the the company have a football team, but they also had baseball and basketball and bowling and golf and uh, women's sports. So uh, there were a lot of activities for the employees, uh, just as part of of um, uh, just for them to feel like part of a family so that their, their job working at that company was like uh, being part of a family. And we hear that a lot from people who have worked there or new people that worked there, that it really was like a family. And A.E. Staley took pride in that. So we're, uh, we're telling uh, the story about his life. It's it's great that we can document that because we have, you know, the company is, the buildings are still there. The plant is still there. It's owned by A.E. Staley owned by Tate and Lyle, and uh, the, there's a the Staley Museum. Uh, that is the uh, Staley Mansion that he used to live in. So we're able to go to, to the Tate and Lyle buildings, and you know those are buildings that they that he you know w- was in. Those are actual places that that he was in.
0: Welcome back to another edition of Way Out Wednesday. I'm Kevin. I'm Mike.
3: Got the name right. I like it. You're
0: I, on did, it. I did. Yeah. I uh, I wrote it down this time. So, uh, we got some funny stories for you, some stories that hopefully you will uh, get some enjoyment in, get you over the hump this Wednesday. Yeah,
3: stories that the news just hasn't covered enough, as if there's not enough going on in the world. This is stuff that may have slipped through the
0: cracks. But but you'll be glad to hear it.
3: Yes. I'll let you begin.
0: I I will begin, thank you. Uh, We have, uh, so a man was buying some broccoli, a, uh, a British media personality. He was buying some broccoli at the store. Does he work for the BBC? He uh, uh does not look at the BBC, unfortunately. Okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> but
3: continue, buys the well, broccoli.
0: Anyways, buys the broccoli, and, you know, this might have happened to us. Uh, you listening, watching, this might have happened to you. Uh-oh. Um,
3: they get stuck in his teeth?
0: No. Well, no. that's at That's happened. he was live on TV. That's happened to everybody. That, but, yeah, that everyone's had broccoli in their teeth yeah, at some point. But maybe not everybody has eaten something or bought something that has bugs in it. Oh, oh no. So he had... Bo- what
3: kind of bugs did he have?
0: He had caterpillars in his broccoli. They were just living in there. So,
3: Okay, but on the grand scale of gross bugs That's- showing up in your broccoli... Caterpillars are probably probably bottom of the list. Yeah, they're they're you know. I mean, they're furry, they're gross. I they wouldn't want to eat one. No. But it could have been way worse than like spiders or some type of like terrible yeah. insect, fly. like the murder hornet like that flew hornets. up in his face.
0: That's the that's the plot to us, The murder hornet. Yeah. you're trying to do. You're, you're finally trying <laughs> to, to eat healthy, healthy. And
3: the murder hornet. You're like, like out. you're like, all right.
0: <laughs> today I'm going to eat beef and broccoli. <laughs>
3: yeah, had I just continued to eat unhealthy, I'd yes. still be alive.
0: Yes, but. So anyway, he, so he was, gets caterpillars. He, he gets in his caterpillars. Broccoli. But he was thinking like we did. That's not the worst thing you could find. Right. So he keeps the caterpillar and brings it back, brings the broccoli back and says, hey, look, there were uh, caterpillars in this. So they give him broccoli, and that broccoli has caterpillars in it, too. That's a
3: bad broccoli that match. Is,
0: yeah, so hopefully they got recalled or something. But so he kept all these caterpillars. So instead of just flinging them out to the street or killing them or whatever, he raised them. Oh, very nice. He, he raised them. Uh, they, and, and, you know. Kept them in a little little container. Right. They, you know, became cocoons, and eventually that sad day when they uh, they flew from the, the
3: coop. They became the, the butterflies, coop. the beautiful became, butterflies. Yes, beautiful The broccoli butterflies. The broccoli
0: butterflies.
3: Well, that's a happy ending to that story. It is. I yes. hate to on everyone's prey with a sad ending to this animal's life.
0: Pour one out. Let's let's hear it.
3: As I pour one out for this one, um, poor Saturn the alligator mm. passed away at the Moscow Zoo. Earlier this week, at the age of 84, affectionately known as Hitler's alligator by some,
1: hmm.
0: Hitler's
3: alligator. Yeah, who knew? Who knew? I didn't <laughs> Hitler, know Hitler had, had, an, had an alligator. Yeah. Uh, but here's the thing: for poor Saturn the alligator, who gets stuck with this terrible moniker of Hitler's alligator, there's no real basis that he actually was in Hitler's presence, because he was born in the U.S. in '36, and immediately given to the Berlin Zoo as a gift. Yeah. Okay where he was able to sustain and survive via several bombings of Berlin. I mean... So Saturn's a hardy gator.
0: He's hardcore.
3: Yeah, he's hardcore. He yeah. survives the bombings. In '46, he's gifted to the British forces in Berlin to the Soviets, who then take care of them in the, uh, in the Moscow Zoo. But once he gets to Russia, almost immediately the myth is then born that he was allegedly in the collection of Hitler and not in the Berlin Zoo, and became Hitler's alligator. Mm. So for years, poor Saturn the alligator, who, by the way, the zookeeper said, was a picky eater who loved getting massaged with a brush. What a good boy. What a nice boy. Gets the moniker of Hitler's alligator. And by the way, I love this quote from the zoo, Moscow Zoo that said, and I quote, Even if the alligator had belonged to Hitler, animals are not involved in war and politics. It's absurd to blame them for human sins. It's not like... Saturn was out in the front lines chomping off legs of, of soldiers out there. <laughs> he was just sitting there getting bombed at, uh, at the zoo going, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. I just want to brush it on my tummy. Just want a little... And now he's got to be known as freaking Hitler's alligator. Mm-hmm. By the way, mm-hmm. typically live up to 50 years of age in the wild, but he was 84. So at least he had a nice, long, lengthy life.
0: We love you, Saturn.
3: Saturn, God bless you. Sorry about that terrible moniker yeah. you were stuck with. Um, moving on we have a gentleman once again over in Europe okay this guy Ian Bell who looks way older than the 55 years of age they say he is. If you can we <laughs> can show that picture to the folks from, Oh yeah, from the this uh screen to this is visual. I think too. yeah. Um there there's Ian. Yeah, he's, I, or, I, I don't know we may have to zoom in. But we anyway. may have to zo-
0: He was I think he was around when horses were still carrying people. Like right, that.
3: exactly. But he says he's only 55 <laughs> years old, mm-hmm, like the um, story. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, long story short, need some KFC. He's like, I need me a nice big old bargain bucket of chicken, mm-hmm. and decided, you know what? I'm gonna take my, my horse and buggy, my horse and carriage. As you can see, here's the horse. Yep. Here's Ian, uh, the butt end of the horse, and we'll be yep. the butt end of the jokes in this story. Um, yeah, dad joke alert for for yeah. you. Anyway, long story short, tries to go to the KFC in the drive-through with his horse and buggy. KFC says, uh, I don't think so, Ian. Sorry, not no horses. And Ian was very upset. He said he couldn't believe what he was hearing. He'd done nothing wrong as
0: John John, his horse, was behaving himself. Yes, he was. He was the one who wasn't behaving. The horse was fine. (laughs) He's over here, well, I didn't get my fried chicken. He said he's
3: a very well-behaved horse. In the end, he went down the street to McDonald's, and old Grimace and the crew decided, you know what? The horse is fine to come through. Uh, He said, I think my treatment from KFC, Ian, said, has been downright disgusting and discriminatory. Pardon me, against people who use horse and carts. Mm-hmm. You want to know why we're discriminating against you? Because no one uses horse and carts anymore. You're
0: weird. Yeah,
3: you're weird, Ian. I don't want my tire filled with your horse's poop when I drive through my KFC. All right. I apologize you couldn't get your bucket of chicken and your mashed potatoes, but please. And by the way, the KFC manager actually said, "Hold your horses, sir." <laughs> Yeah, we're not looking. Ah! Yeah, uh, and and even better pun alert, we're not looking to stir up trouble. We're sorry for a year and John John's experience, but the safety of our guests is really important, so we can't allow horse drawn vehicles in our drive throughs. That was KFC's actual statement. There, we can put every known food that we serve into one giant we can, bowl. We could probably and you could eat that, and probably put it in a horse trough, and we'd serve it to you.
0: But you can't have your horse yeah. go through
3: our drive-through. Mm mm Poor Ian. By the way, Ian, buy a car.
0: Yeah, get. Yeah, it's. And, I, I, a horse probably costs more than like a used car. Would you say? Probably yes. I mean, especially with like that. He's got like the wheels on the on the car. Yeah. Yeah. No get, thanks. Invest in a.
3: More than one horsepower, there, Ian. Yeah. More than one horsepower. <laughs> Hello. <Hey-oh. laughs> All right. What do you got? What do you got next for a second? Okay.
0: So. Last week, we told you of Flavortown, Ohio. Yes. The petition.
3: Yes. Get rid of Columbus, Ohio. Make it Flavortown,
0: Ohio. Okay. So we have a different uh, different petition from Change.org. Now, uh, recently, you've heard and read about in the news all sorts of uh, Confederate statues and flags being taken down. Take them down. Take them down, right? Yeah. And the. uh,
3: Find suitable replacements.
0: Yes. Find suitable replacements. And it looks like Louisiana might have the perfect solution. Now. One of Louisiana's most famous citizens they want to replace the statues and all these with. Um, I'm
3: trying to think of Louisiana citizens off the top of my head. Dr. John, isn't he he, he from there? The musician?
0: Yeah, well, you would think so. uh, uh, A different musician they're thinking of, Britney Spears. Oh, really? Yes. Britney
3: Spears Memorial Park?
0: Yes, that's, I mean, I think because... Well, I I guess not Memorial she's still alive, but anyway. Yeah, but you can still remember her because she's... It's time for Bottom of the Bargain Bin with Kevin Hart. Welcome back to another edition of Bottom of the Bargain Bin. In the wide world of asylum mockbusters, we sometimes see a movie release a couple of days ahead of the movie. It's ripping off to confuse people. But the next movie I'm reviewing came out a whole three years ahead of the mainstream version. How? And what are those movies? Do you remember Disney's John Carter? Yeah, Disney doesn't want to either. It received some generally okay reviews, some good, some bad, but Disney lost a lot of money on it. It did so poorly at the box office that it's considered one of the biggest flops in cinema. But it came out in 2012. Asylum's John Carter from Mars came out in 2009. So, did Disney rip them off? No. Because both movies are based on a book called A Princess of Mars from 1917. Total Recall from 1990 also took some cues from that novel. So it's possible people thought John Carter ripped off that too. And the DVD cover of John Carter of Mars also claims the original story inspired Avatar. The parts of it didn't some inspiration, but that is a bold claim to make. Asylum's John Carter movie was actually called Princess of Mars when Disney's movie came out, though. What a better way to cash in than just to rename it something very similar. Mm -hmm. Okay, anyways, the Disney version obviously has better acting and special effects, but takes a few liberties with the script, possibly to make people think it's not blatantly ripping off something even though the book did it first. However, I was surprised to find that aside from changing the period from the Civil War to modern day, the Asylum version actually is very faithful to the book. I think so, at least. I've never actually read the book, but the plot synopsis lines up with what I saw. The time period aside, John Carter is fighting in a war, and after being wounded in the line of duty, he is transported to Mars, which the Martians on Mars refer to it as Barsum. In the book, he hides in a cave, which magically transports him. In this version, he is used as part of a teleportation experiment. Once on Mars, though, it is very much the same between the two versions. John Carter is enslaved by paper mache mask-wearing creatures known as the Tharks. They are impressed by his ability to jump like Super Mario (laughs) and give promotion to a rank in their military as well. One of the Tharks, Tars Tarkas, is the main one who promotes him and befriends him. The only problem is John Carter can't understand a word these Tharks are saying. He is given a bug to eat. He can magically understand them now. How about that? Hooray!
2: You have to work on your hospitality. Hospitality. Why am I
3: sounding... Now that we have your attention, allow me to introduce myself again. I'm Tars Tarkas. This is Solo. I'm John Carter.
0: It's also about this time that John saves Dejah Thoris, the princess of the rival race, who looks very similar to another space princess. Ah, it's probably just a coincidence. Since we're seeing some Star Wars parallels, though, tell Hages' this movie's bargain bin, Jabba. God, this mask he's wearing is covering his entire face. I mean, I wish somebody would give this guy some more room to breathe or just get sound out of his mask.
1: As told, you are a great fighter. I...
0: I know this movie is cheap, but my man needs some air. I can barely hear his subpar acting. Jabba the Cheap is outraged that...
3: John Carter... Of Mars.
0: was given a military promotion by Tars Tarkas. That wasn't by the book. And John Carter's thrown in jail and forced eventually to duel Tarkas. However, when he's in jail, he meets Sarka, who was an Afghan mercenary who betrayed him earlier at the beginning of the movie. He finds out that this guy came to Mars with him and wants to colonize it. John Carter, of course, takes exception to this. And after a... Interesting fight, I guess, in a coliseum with Tarkus. He goes after Sarka, who takes the princess because he wants to love her for his own and she's like, mm, get away from me. John Carter tracks them down in the same factory that was, I think, used in Attila. I can't verify that, but it looks exactly the same and I've seen it used in some other asylum movies. It's, it's kind of like in, in the 80s there was this big factory that was used in like a bunch of action movies, Batman, Robocop, The Crow, Crow's 90s. but. It was around that time they used this same place. Yes, this, it's got the same the, the same bricks, the same, you know, weird pipes in the, you know, in, instead of going to this hospital like it does in Attila, it just goes into this, it's, in the book it's supposed to be this plant that gives everyone air, it's a giant control room in this version, I, 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 honestly, it kind of looks like Spider-Man 2, with the... Doc Ox fusion reactor, and this is where it's kind of similar to Total Recall. Everybody living on Mars is starting to run out of air, and it's a race against time to try to get it back. The only person who can do this is the princess. Now, Sarka and John Carter get into a sword fight, and let me tell you, this is a horrible, horrible, one of the worst sword fight. Okay, listen, I know you know, fighting in movies is choreography. I've been in shows that have had fights, you have choreography in them, but this is like, they're just, I think the director was just like, okay, swing the swords at each other. And that's all they do. They just clink, clank, clink, clank. You know, they don't do any, you know, know, moves swinging around the sword. No, they just kind (laughs) of for a good three or four minutes. And then Instead of some big climactic death scene, Sarka gets slown off by a, this giant bug comes down like a hawk. It just swoops him up and kills him. It's at this point John Carter reunites with the princess. They go back to the reactor. She puts in this code to give all the air back to everybody. And John Carter wakes up in modern times. The scientists and all the military people watching him think that this was maybe sort of a dream he says well you know the teleportation didn't you know it wasn't really successful and he stares off into the sunset with a sniper rifle and he says i long for the princess from mars and the movie ends right there yeah i have never seen the disney john carter movie so i did not know what to expect with this and it's interesting that it actually does follow the book somewhat but, it's as, as well as it adapts the book, it fails in a lot of other departments, like literally everything else. Terrible sets, uh, the terrible acting, special effects, laughable, music is very generic. Usually I say I recommend this movie, I don't recommend this movie. And the middle one is, look, if, if it's on TV or something, you know, just put it on. It's funny. You don't really need to watch the whole thing. It's pretty long for a rating, but that's what I got for it. I'm talking with Brandon Austin. How are you doing, man?
4: Not bad. about yourself, Kevin?
0: I am doing pretty good. Um, You have uh, something really interesting coming up this weekend, and I'll I'll get to it in uh, um, a couple of minutes, but uh, just uh, to let everyone listening know who you are, uh, you're from here, you're from somewhere else, and some of the things you do here in Springfield.
4: Yeah. So I, I grew up in Athens, you know, just 20 minutes uh, just north of here. So not too far. I've been living in Springfield for like about the past, you know, 10 years, um, you know, kind of off and on, moving back and forth between Athens and Springfield. But, uh, yeah, um, you know, really into the, the theater scene around here. We've got an awesome theater scene as yes, well as with the, the live music for original musicians and artists, um, as well as people that are into to film, you know, actually, you know, filming uh, short uh, short films, uh, TV series, web series. Uh, there's a lot of uh,
0: a lot of resources for just
4: arts and entertainment, so you kind of have a perfect podcast going on for this area. <laughs> oh, thank you.
0: Uh, yeah, it's been it's been good. Uh, I you talked about filming TV shows. You are going to be you are going to be holding auditions this weekend for something related to that. Tell uh, tell everyone what's going on this weekend.
4: Yeah. So I, I wrote a sitcom called Minimum Wage. Um, and I'm just to start off. I'm a huge fan of the office. Oh yeah. So when I was writing something, I'm like, you know, of course I'm going to be influenced by the office. So I'm like, you know, um, you know, you wanted it to be kind of, kind of, uh, on the same subject as, you know, the stuff you're inspired by, you know, kind of make it your own. So the whole show that I wrote is, um, about life working at a minimum wage job. And in this specific instance, it's people working at a coffee shop. Um, and it's it's based um, it, you know it's just based on everyday life you know working for that minimum wage job having a crazy boss and annoying coworkers and ridiculous customers because anybody who's worked in sales or food <laughs> service knows that yep. customers can be just as crazy as uh, you know the, the employees or your boss so kind of giving it the setting at a at a coffee shop gives us a little bit more freedom because you know um, you know, something like The Office or Parks and Rec, they're kind of limited to the cast members they have because, you know, especially like The Office, they work in an office setting. The characters are pretty much set every, every episode. It's the same characters. This kind of gives us the, the availability to where like, you know, like a minimum wage job, it's part time. So there are different characters every episode. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, different employees, different employees clocking in at different times. So we wanted to make it as, as real and as true to real life as possible um, so we've got so many different characters in every episode. Plus, the customers are huge characters. You know, you've oh, got yeah. regular customers that go in the restaurants, you know, every every other day. You know, they're they're frequent shoppers at the local you know local grocery store. So, like, customers are a big part of you know people in the food or sales or uh, retail industry's life. Oh yeah. Um, so we have, have a lot of characters that are based on your customers. And, you know, just dealing with that, it, it's really funny. So uh, I wrote a whole i wrote a sitcom, and, uh, yeah, we're holding auditions for it this Sunday um, at 217 Studios. And uh, we're going to get it get it casted, and we're hopefully going to start shooting here at the end of July.
0: That's awesome. Tell me a little bit about 217 Studios, because I, I know that you have... Uh you've done some music yourself um, in the past Have you worked uh, did you in conjunction with the studio just, uh, tell me a little bit or tell me and the audience a little bit about it
4: yeah so I've worked with 21/7 studios pretty much since I started doing uh, original music um, Phil is the owner and he I think he is a last word in uh, you know cinematography here in, in town when it comes to to music videos or uh, advertisements and doing stuff like, you know, what we're doing with Minimum Wage, because he, he's very insightful. He, you know, the way that he, uh, you know, just the detail, the angles, uh, the lighting, the exposure. He's very good at what he does. He's very proud and he's very passionate about what he does. I've worked with him since I started doing music. And when it comes to video stuff, like I don't work with anybody else. I trust that Phil's going to provide the best quality service every single time I work with him. And he hasn't let me down yet. Um, yeah, he does He does everything from music videos to weddings you know, to now shooting a sitcom. Nice. <laughs> um, he's phenomenal. All
0: right. And so uh, I'm going to jump a little bit here to your music. So you, you yeah. said you did music with uh, 217. What, when did you start doing your own music and what might have inspired you to do that?
4: So I started doing music actually back in 2013 and what it was was I was putting together a friend of mine had actually um, unfortunately committed suicide back in 2012 um, in in November of 2012 so in in 2013 I decided I wanted to I wanted to put on an event I was going to book some bands and a couple speakers and I just wanted to put on an event and let people know you know, just come in, hang out with people, and we're going to tell you that you're loved. You know, we, we called it, I don't remember the name of the event, but we just wanted people to come and feel welcome. Let them know that somebody loves them and that um, their life has value. And just, just reiterate that as, as, as much as we can. And one of the bands that we had booked backed out. And I'm like, well, shoot, we have, you know, a half hour to fill. I'm not sure what we're going to do there. Uh, well, somebody goes well you know you sing you do stuff like why don't you just do like a couple cover songs like, up there like you know rap or sing somebody else's songs I'm like yeah for 30 minutes I can do that so I did it with a couple friends of mine and I loved it <laughs> like yeah. I had so much fun I'm like now yeah, performing was like uh, was just, I had so much fun with it so after that event, I'm like, I want to start doing this, but I don't want to do uh, you know, other people's music. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna write. And I, I've always written songs my whole life. I just never thought about actually, you know, doing anything with it. I had, I have notebooks full of songs like from junior high and high school. Just you know, never thought I'd do anything with it because you know, it's, you think it's Springfield, Illinois. There's no way that music artists come from here. And it wasn't until I was older, I'm like, wow, there are recording studios here. Like I can actually make music here. Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um,
4: yeah so in so in 2013 i started writing and um i put out uh, a, a short ep like six songs and you know it, it i guess it, it really got a lot of like positive attention here because that year uh the very first year i started doing music i was booked uh, at the prairie Capital convention center for like 2500 people
0: nice <laughs> um
4: so i kind of felt like I feel like I kind of fell backwards into it because it was super lucky like there's no there's no way like that was just because you know I was that good or I was that talented like you know they this this uh this company was putting on a huge event and they needed like six minutes to be filled and they're like who do we need like or, like who can we find and somebody's like oh I know this local guy you know he's Um, He's pretty good. Like we can fill six minutes with him. I'm like sweet. I'll do it Yeah, so just because of that I kind of gained some like some followers and some supporters So like that kind of gave me that momentum to to start recording more and um, by 2015 I went on my first tour um, With the guy that wrote the theme song for the Kansas City Chiefs All right. (laughs) So that was fun And uh, you know, just doing music and, and writing, you know, writing albums and doing shows, and uh, you know, started recording some music videos in 2017, of course, with 217 Studios. Um, and not only did he do the music videos, but he actually recorded uh, one of my albums as well. He used to do audio engineering, uh, so he, he actually recorded one of my albums as well. But you know, just kind of whole the whole idea behind it was, you know, I'm going to use this platform um, to let people know that even on the worst day, like when they feel like there's nobody out there that cares about them, when they feel like they're they're absolutely, you know, at the point where they are unlovable or unreachable, you're not. And, you know, when I was growing up I dealt with like severe like depression and anxiety and I I needed someone, you know, to tell me that they cared about me. Like that's all I needed. And, you know, I turned to music for a lot of things and a lot of the music I listened to made me really angry but didn't really give me that that care and comfort that I needed. So, you know, for those other kids that are also going through the same things that I went through, I wanted to be that subject matter in music that they can turn to and say, wow, somebody knows what I'm going through. Somebody went through the same thing and they're letting me know that I'm cared for because that's what I needed. So I wanted to be that for somebody else.
0: That's great. That's really good, man. I um, So the So the sitcom is starting... You're starting shooting it on, not. you're starting shooting it at the end of July, you said. Auditions are yeah, this. We're
4: look, we're... Yeah, oh. we're looking to start shooting at the end of July. The auditions are this Sunday, uh, July 5th. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, you know, we're doing open casting calls, so anybody is welcome to come on audition. We have an event page uh, on Facebook um, called min- just, you know, Minimum Wage uh, Auditions, and it can be found on my Facebook page. Um, it can be found on uh, One Seven Studios Facebook page. Um, but it kind of gets some information on there, like, you know, the, the list of characters and, and each description. Kind of like, you know, what you do for, uh, like, theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you go, when you, before you go to auditions, it tells you exactly who they're looking for for each role. And then um, we've got an email address on there, um, you know, casting at gmail.com. And we just ask that people send us a photo of themselves. Uh, their name their age and what character they're interested in and you know everybody gets an audition
0: all right very cool so that's that's going on this weekend and uh before we uh you know before we uh before we head out here do you have a um anything coming up for you i mean you know uh obviously the sitcom is the next thing you're doing but in terms of music or maybe anything else what's uh what's next for you
4: yeah, so, um, of course, you know, I'm looking to get back in the theater, you know, hopefully, you know, when all of this yeah. pandemic nonsense is over, you know, I'm yeah. so bummed that, you know, Muni had to be canceled. And, uh, um, you know, the last show I did was Memphis at the Hogan, which it's was a great phenomenal show, show to, wonderful show. Yeah, right? Oh, man, yeah. I had so much fun. That's my well, that was my favorite musical of all time. So I was so thrilled and honored to be a part of that production. Yeah. And uh, Reggie did such a good job
0: Reggie's directing. Great. Yeah, Reggie's great at many oh, man. Yeah.
4: um so you know of course i'm looking forward to getting back in the theater and um i was actually asked i just got booked for a uh a music show i haven't done a show in about two years oh nice and uh yeah so, you know i took a break i kind of just got burnt out on it for a little bit so i just spent some time writing and you know just kind of figuring some stuff out and i'm like you know i'm ready to get back into it so uh july 11th i actually have a show um over at the bourbon street lounge on south krantz so i'm looking
0: forward to that nice all right look out for you there and um yeah definitely we'll uh talk to you again soon touch base see what's going on
4: absolutely
0: Cool. all right thank you so much brandon we will link the auditions the the facebook page for the auditions we'll link that on the post and in the description, and we will also link to 217 Studios as well. Thank you so much, Brandon.
4: Awesome. Thanks a lot, Kevin.
0: You can listen to the full interview and anything else you might have missed at WMAY.com slash Going and play a little bit of Brandon's music to play you out. See you next week at 11.
2: Yo, it's been a long time since I let you see the side of me I'd like to say I'm doing fine, so I'd like you to believe. I'd like to look you in the eyes and just pretend that I'm well When this place that I've been at more resembles the bottom of hell. They say pain is temporary and these wounds they heal. How dare you talk to me now as if you know how I feel. I was just a kid, you couldn't tell he felt so empty inside. Go to my room lock the doors and then I scream and I cry inside a broken house that just can't seem to find some control. I say i broken house because it fell so far from my home. See, mom and dad couldn't fix it, and they eventually split along the way. Nobody asked how I was handling it. I couldn't stand being home. And I showed it at school. Acting out for retention, I played the part of the fool. And I thank God for my teachers because they showed me some grace. My principal said I was worthless and called me names to my face. I went to school to get away from where I felt so small. Only for someone with no heart to make me feel much smaller. Lord knows I'm not perfect. At least he knows that I tried. Instead of beating me down inside just to cast me aside. I like to say that I got better as time went by I like to say I got older and left depression behind maybe I did for a while I guess I locked it inside I just ignored that it was there and I just never asked why why do I feel this way and why can't I just sleep through the pain they say life is a game but I swear I don't want to play I've gone in every direction but the ending's always the same I told my best friend I loved her but she didn't feel the same way and who can blame her who wants to fall in love with a mess with a man who's broken but... It's It's over, so let's lay it to rest. And I've tried everything, this gaping hole just ain't filling up. And popping pills and drinking beers, man, it just isn't enough. I'm tired of feeling this way, and I just don't want to suffer anymore. I want to tell this girl I work with, I love her. I want my friends to want me too, and just be there when I need them. I want my life back, so take these chains and give me my freedom. And see me for who I am. When I'm up, when I'm down Not just when it's convenient for you I'm not too lost and found To take the pieces that you want And just abandon the rest If you can't handle my worst You don't deserve my best And believe me, the day will come And you won't be around So don't you dare come on phone To show your face in my crowd I'm only human too And I refuse to be walked on Beaten down to the ground Just to be stepped and stomped on And you're the ones who stuck around